My name's Paul Murphy and over the last two decades, one thing has constantly intrigued me. How do we get a consistent flow of targeted traffic to generate incredible profits and at the same time set up processes and systems that remove all the stresses and headaches that come with online marketing? Together, we will discover the unknown strategies that exist right now on how to set up powerful marketing systems that allow us to turn our businesses around fast and give us the power to not live life on someone else's terms that we never signed up for in the first place, but have the lives we always dreamed of. Traffic's the question, and this podcast will give you the solutions. Now, on with today's episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to today's episode. And um, yeah, if you haven't listened to episode 14, I would definitely go and check that out. Um, because I interviewed Matt Wilson and he gave some ninja strategies on Facebook ads. So if you've been running Facebook ads and you've been struggling, there's he gives a tip in there where you could literally just change one thing and potentially turn it all around. And he did that with one of his ads and got a 4X on that. So I would definitely go and check that out. Now, what I wanted to actually cover in this episode is something that might be holding you back right now. And I've got a, a couple of examples here of like how this actually held me back because I had an idea to start a YouTube channel back in 2007, and YouTube was pretty young then. I mean, it'd only been around a year or two, right? And um, I was around my friend's house, and we were kind of coming up with these funky ideas. And if we'd have done it then, like we wouldn't have had to have done anything like what we have to do now to grow a, a, a viral channel, which is actually not a strategy. If you know me, you obviously know I don't actually focus on that strategy. We've got a much better strategy. But if you want to grow a viral channel now then, you, you know, it's kind of like a lot of competition. It's a lot harder. And if we'd have done it back in 2007, we would have been able to do it a lot easier, right? Because um, it wasn't saturated. There was a lot of movement, and a lot of room, or a lot more room than there is now, especially for viral channels. And um, But there was the one thing that was holding me back was that I was petrified of putting myself out there, of actually being the brand. I'd always worked, you know, for years, I'd always worked behind the scenes. I put up affiliate sites, things like that. Nobody knew who I was online until around 2015, 2016. In fact, I didn't start my first YouTube channel till 2016. So that was the first time I kind of revealed myself for myself as a brand to the world, right? And what I want to actually talk through in this episode is some of the things that were holding me back, some of the myths that I had that actually weren't really true in the first place, and how I managed to compartmentalize those myths. Because if you kind of do the same thing, this will probably help you kind of break through some of those barriers, right? And um, I had a couple of times where I've kind of gamified things in my life as well. Like there was a time when I um, when I was about eight, 28, 29 years old, I got a job working in an insurance company and I was a temp and I hadn't got a career. And uh, this was only a couple of years before I started my business, right? But I actually went, um, I had been to uh, work in, well, I'd actually been to college and studied as an actor, for two years and then at the end of that two-year course I auditioned for some of the biggest drama schools in the country and I didn't get in in fact I wasn't um, I wasn't even close to being good enough um, so um, and the thing is because you would audition do these auditions in the round so I would like look at all the other people and I'd, I kind of had a, a very humbling experience realizing that you know they were doing these open auditions for months on end and they would have like 30 to 60 people at each one of these and I wasn't even the best in my one day audition and they were doing these all you know for for months and when I realized that I was like well for me to be able to go and become an actor I've got to be that good and I'm not and and then I kind of realized that I probably didn't want it as much as I thought I did 
So I kind of wasted two years at college, although I didn't because it was really good fun. It was great. But, you know, it was kind of like back to the drawing board. And the only thing I knew was to, I'd worked in insurance before that. So, um, but I didn't have any transferable skills. I didn't have any business skills or anything like that. So I, I kind of signed on with a temping agency. I got this job as a temp. And um, I can remember um, one of the team leaders that worked at that company um, had uh, mooned on a bus, right? He basically pulled his trousers down on a bus and he got demoted to customer service advisor. And I was going in this company as a temp uh, with the uh, potential to be taken on after three months to full-time staff. And uh, But I wanted more than that, right? I obviously wanted to be taken on, but I, I realized that I wanted to... I wanted not only to be taken on, but to become a team leader within a year. And nobody at that company had ever done it. Everyone had always taken about two years. And if I th- and I remembered like drawing on my experience in the past and thinking, well, years before this, I had um, I, I I mean I, I I was relatively smart. I mean I'm not the most intelligent cookie on the you know I'm certainly not academically smart. Um, but I, you know, I can obviously think through situations and, and problem solve, and that was one of my skill sets. So I can remember like thinking back, like, well, why didn't I get promoted? Years, all those years I was working in insurance, and it was, you know, there was lots of reasons. I would turn up late, I would moan about things, I would, you know, I might throw the odd sicky here and there that were a little bit debatable and things like that. And I'd done all that, and I thought, right, well, I'm going to not haul that on the head, and I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this properly. And I started to gamify it, right? I was like, right, first of all, he had six months. This this person who'd been, who'd been demoted had six months to prove himself to get the team leader job back. So the first game I played in my brain was that, well, if in six months I can um, prove myself as much as he would prove himself, I might even have a better chance of getting the team leader job because I don't have a black mark against my name. So I didn't say this to anyone. I just kept this to myself. And then I thought, right, what little things can I do to stand out, right? Because obviously I want to get this job. I want to be. I want a career now. I'm fed up with messing around. I want to get this job in the next 12 months. And so I just got a list. I got a pen and paper out. And I thought, what can I do? And I thought, well, I'll turn up early and expect nothing for it, right? Most people were clock watchers. So I would turn up early. Um, and also when I had a break, I wouldn't moan about anything to anyone, because people would go and have a break and then they would moan, right? They would moan about this, that and the other. And I thought, well, you, obviously, if you're known as a moaner, that's not somebody they're going to want in management. So I just didn't moan, right? I just I would listen and be empathetic to everyone else's moans. And then I thought, right, I'm going to come up with ideas and not get upset if they don't get implemented. I'm not going to have a single day off where I'm not genuinely ill. And I wasn't even ill at all. So I never had a day off. I'm going to do overtime. I'm going to work a bit later and expect nothing for it. I'm going to help everybody in my team go out, you know, over and above and help people. And all these little things started to get me noticed really quickly. And um, I had a friend of mine in my team, a chap called Russell, and he basically, he'd done something wrong. He'd, he'd basically bended the rules so that he didn't have to work quite as hard as he should have done. And because uh, this was all uh, this, this phone system was kind of technical and he kind of worked out a loophole, which meant that he could have a break when it wasn't noticed that he was having a break. And he got caught because um, he, he basically didn't get caught from um, doing it. He got caught by because he told someone in our team and and they grasped him up and he basically got in trouble and they were going to sack him. And he um, opted for me as his witness 
And I sat in this room and I said, look, you know, I sat up with Russell last night. He was crying. He really loves his job. He's really sorry. And I, I actually think, you know, it was a bit of a game. He, he played it and he lost and he got caught. But he's one of the best salespeople in our, um, in our team. And not only that, he's just really good and helpful and he's really nice to everyone. And by doing that, what I didn't realise had happened was that the management had all noticed me and they, they thought, oh, well, he's something a bit different. You know, he's kind of like standing up for his friend, but he's also being authentic. And I don't know what it was, but they actually clocked me on, on that thing. And I didn't even realise that they'd done that. And um, another little th- thing happened as well. There was a, a team leader job that came up and you weren't allowed to apply for it unless you'd been for the, with the company for two years. And um, I was up speaking to my manager and I said to him, can I apply? And he said, no. And he had a day off. And then the next day, there was another manager that stood in for him. And he overheard me and saw me helping somebody, you know, overhelping my team. And he he come up to me and he said, you're not a manager here, are you? I said, no. He said, why are you helping everyone? I said, oh, it's just in my nature. I just like helping people. And he said, "Um, you're not affecting your own stats, are you? I said, no, I'm making sure I keep up to date and I'm selling and I've, you know, I've got, I've actually got the top scores in this team. He said, why aren't you a team leader? I said, oh, well, I asked my manager and he said I couldn't apply. And it just so happened that this stand-in was somebody a bit higher up in the company. So he went and had a word with the um, the customer service manager, which is the next level up. So she called me over. And as she called me over, somebody who I used to work with at another company years before called Helen came over and she happened to be a manager there and um, I trained her at this other company years before anyway um, as as she was saying you know like to apply Helen turned around to um, to Alison who was the um, who was the customer service manager she said oh yeah you should definitely employ Paul Murphy he's great he taught me everything so kind of little things had started to kind of fall into place 40 people applied for the job and I actually ended up getting it and I was the first person that ever employed under a year. In fact, I'd only been there five months when I got the job of team leader. And then about a year after that, I had, you know, I'd built up some courage to go and start my own business. So the obviously the effect of that. Um, but by gamifying um, that kind of process in my brain, just 1% of, you know, one little thing here, one little thing there, I managed to um, to get something that was almost impossible. It was almost seen as impossible. And I never, I never forgot that. I remember thinking, you know, if you kind of gamify things, you can have a bit of fun doing it. You don't even need to tell anyone, right? And that brings me on to like what holds us back from doing things, right? Because when we go to put ourselves online, like we might have all these preconceived ideas, right? But actually we can gamify those in a way because if we think, oh, okay, everyone's going to come at us, right? Now, the way I compartmentalize this and kind of gamified it was I kind of thought about the ultimate scenario so who are the types of people that are going to come at me right because these these were the things holding me back so I kind of you know I I literally broke it down there's either going to be somebody who's genuinely upset and I've upset them and I've done something wrong right and I thought well as long as I don't do anything wrong those people will have got it wrong so I put them in one category right and then I put the the trolls in another category and I remember thinking, okay, well, a few years ago when I had depression, I had an issue in my head and I was talking to my counsellor about this. I actually had a counsellor that helped me through this depression. And um, she said to me, she said, you know, there were some people that were upsetting me. And um, she said, well, you know, these people are kind of saying things to you that are not true. She said, yeah. She said, well, what would you feel if like a bunch of children ran up to you and went, ah, look at your nose? I said, I'd probably laugh. 
She said, well, that's what they're being like because you haven't actually done anything wrong. They're just acting like children. And that helped me deal with that situation. I remember thinking, ah, okay, so if a troll comes after me, it's probably them having a bad day. It's probably them not being, um, you know, it's, 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 it's probably something to do with them that, rather than me. Now, they might see my ad or see something that I've done online and it might just offend them. But not because I've done anything wrong. It's just hit them the wrong way or they weren't in that mood or whatever. So, so I thought, okay, so there's going to be the troll, which is nothing I can do about. And actually, that's more about them than it is about me. So it's not really something that needs to affect me, right? And I thought, okay, I can deal with that, right? So I gamified that. And then I thought, well, there's, there's the person who I've really upset and done something wrong. Well, I just don't do anything wrong. I'm going to be genuine and authentic and put myself out there in a good way and and try and help people and if somebody gets the wrong idea then obviously I can help them with that right so that brings me to the person in the middle which is somebody who's got some real constructive criticism now sometimes that's really hard because somebody's right okay somebody's come at you and you've done something and you you hadn't thought it through or you've done something wrong or whatever and they they point that out to you but the funny thing is, is that big companies out there spend a fortune to get this information out of people. So if that person comes to you with something very constructive and they're right, then that's invaluable, right? And I remember thinking that, you know, the amount of surveys and things that people send me and trying to get that information out of me. So I thought, well, if that comes at me and it does hit me the wrong way, but it's, you know, it's, but it's invaluable, right? It's that stuff that you're going to get. So I broke it into these three categories, and these three categories are how I did how how I move myself to the next level, right? Gamifying the system, like going a level up, because the fact is is that I can't do anything about the troll. The person in the middle is invaluable. Yes, it might be a little bit hard, but I can implement that into my marketing and 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 improve, and that's what I constantly do. Those, you know, that's how I gamified dealing with that, so I could move myself. And then I started my YouTube channel. And actually, what actually ended up happening, because I'd basically broken it down into these three steps, I realized that I, I really had nothing to fear, right? There's a great book by someone called Susan, Susan Jeffers called Feel the Fear and Do It Anywhere. Totally recommend it. And what you, what you realize is, is that most things, you've got to just go and do them, right? As long as they're not going to hurt anyone else or anything like that, you've got to kind of feel the fear and do it anyway. And it's, it is what it says, right? You go and do the thing. And then you kind of realize that most of your fears never really happen, right? And actually, all the places that I expected to get trolled, I didn't really get trolled at all. Um, I hardly ever get trolled on YouTube, which is what someone said, like, YouTube's a beast, you're going to get. But because I um, tackled, like, rule number one, which was to go and serve and give, you know, be genuine and honest with people. Because the thing is, is that if I am I'm being authentic, and I'm coming from an authentic place where I can sleep at night, right, I know that I'm not genuinely doing anything to hurt anybody else, then the likelihood is, is that that comes through and people will, you know, there are going to be the odd trial. There was one guy actually, a few years ago, he came at me and he was calling me Scammer Murphy, and he got really upset. And I actually went back to him and I was like, well, what do you mean? And he, he didn't have any I, I was I was trying to get some like real constructive criticism out of him, but I was getting nothing. He was just telling me that I, you know, I think what what I managed to sort of understand from it was that I had he, he was um, he, he wasn't believing that I was getting on these leaderboards with the amount of views I was getting on my channel. But I was trying to explain to him that that's the point. The point is is that we're not going for viral content; we're going for rankings, which means that all of those views are from buyers. They're not from they're not from viral content. 
And he just didn't buy it. He just thought I was talking rubbish, <laughs> which is kind of funny because I was prepared to show him and everything. But then I realized it was kind of, there might have been some other things going on. There might have been jealousy. Them I have no idea. But he wasn't prepared to reveal that. And then he kind of was coming at me for a little while. And then he kind of just went quiet. And I think he maybe either started to believe or realize that I was genuine or he just got fed up and moved on to someone else. I have no idea. But I didn't get upset about it. And that's kind of the only person, really. I mean, I get most of the feedback I get is constructive. Like if I get feedback, if people are not happy with something or they've got something to say, it's generally very, very constructive. And that's invaluable, right? That's the stuff you want. Sometimes people get it wrong. And then I just obviously help to point them out and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully there's some insights there. If there's anything there that's of value, please go and use it. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. So I shall see you then. If you are tired of paying for ads that do not deliver and you need to reach a super targeted audience, driving them direct to your products and services with free targeted evergreen traffic on Google and YouTube, then our gold membership is designed specifically to help you get results fast by claiming your first free Google ads. Now, the great thing is, is that your first two weeks are completely free. To get started, head over to iservefirst.com. That's iservefirst.com. Links in the show notes. And you'll be able to start driving 100% free targeted traffic to your business today.